Welcome to the Inquisitive Tourist. My name is Nate Ralph and thank you for joining me. For those of you already listening to the show, welcome back. And if you've just started, I'd like to welcome you to an ever-growing community of listeners. Recently, I had a guest on the show who gave us a fascinating insight into DJing during the COVID pandemic. Well, today we're going to shift our focus a little bit to the pre-pandemic life of a travelling DJ. You know, for those of you who remember when life was normal and we used to go out and party and meet new people, not just on a screen. My guest today knows much about the professional scene, having gone pro over a decade ago. He DJs at parties, weddings and corporate events. His name is DJ Moreno. DJ Moreno, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Nate. Thanks for having me on. I'm actually very, very excited for this opportunity. Um, I've been listening to your podcast. I've been listening to the very interesting people that uh, that have come to the show, and I'm excited. I'm actually a little bit nervous. I've never done a podcast, but I'm actually excited, man, um, especially uh, in a professional, but we also go back. So this is going to be a very uh, interesting uh, conversation that we're going to have today. That's really kind of you, bro. And yeah, we, we do go back a long time, and uh, I'm very, very excited and equally nervous because I, I want to do you justice. You're such a great guy, and your work is, is – I've been following it for years – it's it's truly fantastic, and I hope that I can uh, do you justice as, as a as a guest today as well. No, thank you, man. This is going to be awesome. I'm sure it will. So, DJ Moreno, thanks for for coming on, man. Now, <laughs> let's just get this straight right at the beginning. Now, some people say that I can call you DJ Moreno nine one one. Now, why is that? And I mean, what do you prefer yourself? It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, I know DJ Moreno is so more on the onto the dot um because i've had the 911 following it for such a long time it just kind of stuck but some people call me 911 some people call me moreno some people just call me the full name moreno 911 so either i'm perfectly fine with it either or so like is your music literally so hot that the fire services have to be called like <laughs> what what's going on <laughs> nothing like that nothing like that uh, amongst other djs and and their music and and their mixes being extremely very good i'm just i'm part of the i'm part of the clan and i'm happy to be a, a part of them that's all it is man <laughs> interesting that's a very humble response but uh okay well look, I, I might interchange it between 911 and, and dj moreno you know so go with it <laughs> forgive me man but so where, where are you currently based now uh currently right now i'm in tampa uh tampa florida Okay. And how, how long have you been there? Uh, ever since I got married. So we're talking about 2013. So uh, going towards uh, eight years now in August, it'll be my eighth year in Tampa. Long time. Where were you before that? Uh, before then, I was actually in Atlanta. So I was in Atlanta for 13, close to 13 years in Atlanta. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah. That is a, a lot. Do you prefer it in, uh, in Tampa? Man, um, Tampa is growing is growing on me um it took me it took me a while it took me a while to to kind of get adjusted um because in atlanta there's so much variety so many different cultures and it's like uh, another new york city but it's like the south of it so i mean i really enjoy uh atlanta but now tampa the things are picking up in tampa man um this is actually one of the biggest growing cities so i'm actually loving tampa right now man mm, that's interesting that you should say that actually because I mean, you said that you listened to the podcast. I had a guest on a few episodes ago about growing a passive income and escaping the nine to five. And we were speaking a little bit in that episode about Tampa and how the real estate has, uh, you know, is sort of exploding right now. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, there is they're literally begging to uh, to buy your house. So I get offers every single day phone calls of people just wanting to buy the house i mean there is almost no land <laughs> it's it's craziness this is crazy but we're loving it they're building a lot of um a lot of buildings that's what they're concentrating as well um especially in the downtown uh area they're concentrating on building more buildings for residents so uh, before when i moved when i first moved like the downtown was dead like mm. by 8 p.m. 8 p.m. on a friday it was dead there was nobody walking. Um, everyone was, it was pretty much just like a business district. Um, so nothing like really residential. So like the bars and all that stuff, they, there really wasn't, there was no life in the downtown. Until like, 911 showed up, eh? This guy. <laughs> 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 uh, but no, now it's, it's really picking up, man. Um, before we used to travel, like, you know, to St. Pete, for example, like 
across the bridge like on the mm. first Friday because you know they would they would have certain events over there and then other parts of Tampa but nothing to downtown. Now it's all about downtown. There's a lot going on. So it's been it's been pretty good. Mm. I love St. Pete. I, I did a concert there years and years ago. I think it was a Ben Howard concert. And uh, it's, okay. it's near is it near Clearwater, isn't it? Or is that that's a f- bit further down the coast, I it's, think? I, I mean, it's not that far. Um, it's just a little bit on the other side of Clearwater. But yeah, it's not. We're talking about maybe like a 15 minute drive from Clearwater. So it's really not that big of a difference. And these people calling to buy your house, are they from like other states in the US or from Florida itself? From Florida, from Florida itself, and then there's people from out of state. They'll be like, "Hey, look at I live." <laughs> send me a guy. Send me a text. Me, hey, I, I live in Texas, man, but I'm moving to Tampa. I'm look. I'm seeing your house, man. I'm trying to see if you're willing to sell it. I'm like, excuse me, that's not gonna happen, my brother. Wow. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Do, do you reckon though, like obviously, like COVID has precipitated this, hasn't it? Like it's it's driving a lot of movement of people, or is it something else? Yes. And the thing is, is that um, because Florida has always been that state where, you know, the thing, even during the pandemic, things would just open um, throughout the whole time. And the other states has pretty much shut down. I think that drove a lot of people to be like, you know what? We're moving. And <laughs> and also, I think people up north as well, because especially like in New York, mm. um, you live in buildings. So imagine, you you know, you being locked down, there's, you know, you can go through Fifth Avenue in New York City and there's nobody walking like mm. it was a ghost town. So imagine you don't have a backyard to do anything. You don't have nothing. So people are, you know what, let's go down to Florida. <laughs> they got beaches and, you know, we got our own house. We get our backyard. And that's pretty much people were just, you know, they're, they've been abandoning the city to come a little bit towards like the uh, the suburbs. So it's been pushing over here. It's really been pushing. To be honest, it makes perfect sense. And it actually segues really nicely into, ne- into the next question that I wanted to ask you, because like Florida just sort of betrays this, uh, you know, this state full of people that just want to have a good time. Like you said, beaches, partying. It, it was a bit lax with the lockdown, let's be honest. And so like in terms of like the party scene, or should we say like the music scene, especially, mm-hmm. what, what is that like in Florida? Because it's full of, you know, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, Cubans, and, and so on. Yeah. So when I first, when I first came here, um, and I even was talking to my wife, it, the, the music scene, I mean, people wasn't getting used to, or they weren't exposed to too much music. They pretty much was playing like the same music throughout the same year, throughout the years. Um, however, now that there's people from up north moving towards Florida and everything, now the, the it has brought in it brought in up their ears, um, and all these cultures are just they're clashing in, and it's it's an amazing mix. So over here, you got a little bit of everything. You got your Cubans, you have your Puerto Ricans, your Dominicans. Um, you also have some Mexicans as well. There's certain parts in Florida mm. where there's a good concentration of of Mexican. Um, then you also have well, that'll be more towards a South Florida, where you also have your your Haitians uh, for Creole. So it's we have an amazing mix. And, you know, since we do all parties together, I mean, everyone starts knowing their the, the jams, even they, they may not know what is set, like the meaning of what they're talking about, but they'll know the lyrics and they'll dance to it. And as long as it has an amazing beat. They're they're up for dancing. They're mm. up for dancing. So you're speaking about like English speaking people who don't understand Spanish, but they still yes. enjoy the yeah. And yeah. oh my goodness, yes, they would totally totally uh, enjoy it. I've had so many experiences where we DJ just literally strictly for you know the for the um, for the American crowd, and we'll throw in a couple of Spanish songs and they're full blown dancing it. or they would actually come up to our table yeah. and be like, Hey, do you have this song? And it's a Spanish song. And I'm like, looking at them, I'm like, yeah, we have it. You're like, yeah, we, we really enjoy that song. And I'm like, man, that's perfect. So we'll do, you know, a quick blend. We will not, you know, just because they say they like that one Spanish, we're not going to play them 20 Spanish songs, but <laughs> you know, we'll do a quick little mix and every, they just get to enjoy it. So it's really awesome. No, that's nice, man. It's, it's, and I've, I've witnessed that myself, like, you know, people without that much Spanish, but it's just such an addictive beat to so many of the, you know, of the Hispanic sort of bass songs that it's almost got a universal appeal. That's how I feel. Yeah. No, no, no. It's just, it's, it's exactly, exactly how if like how I feel. And like, remember when we went to, to London a few years ago, I mean, my ears were now getting, exp- like, you can actually tell about the Spanish crowd. You know, when we went to certain spots and everything, and, you know, you also have your, your Latinos there. But then, mm. you know, there is a different music scene as well in London, and my ears were already gravitating toward that. So um, I was 
listening to I think some um grime if I'm not mixing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's speaking London. So I was like, yeah, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> this is new. I have not heard this uh before. So, you know, my ears just gravitate towards you know what's local in Paris. There were certain uh, when we went over there for our honeymoon, our ears were over there as well. So um, music is just universal. So if it makes you move, it's gonna make you move. You may not know the lyrics, you may never heard of the artist, but man, if you like it, you're gonna like it. I agree. I, I almost think it's related to you know some people say you know love is is uh, doesn't need the same language. You know, so you can get two people who don't even speak the same language, but they can still, you know, have, have chemistry and connect. And I, I definitely believe that obviously the practicalities will be difficult, but I, I feel with music, it's the same thing. You might, like you said, you might not understand the lyrics, but it just speaks to your heart. Like if, if that beat, you know, uh, hits your, your something inside you, you just can't help but feel the vibe, you know? Nope. You can't help it <laughs> and don't fight it. <laughs> exactly. Just, just in terms of, by the way, you, you mentioned the grime in London and so on. Have, have you managed to like incorporate that into your repertoire in any way? That's a little bit difficult. Um, however, um, I was the other, I forget when it was, but there, I forgot the artist. Um, however, it's just certain beats that you can actually mix it, especially like with, with trap and everything, because it's almost there, um, where you can, you can do a nice little mix. So it really, because the trap scene has almost kind of like died down a little bit over here in the, in the States. Um, opposed of a couple of years where, you know, trap music was on its high. Um, but you, you know, one could actually, you know, mix it in. I haven't done it yet. Personally, um, I'm, I focus on other, other events, but it really isn't difficult to, to, to mix it in. So I, I can definitely see it. I, now they're pushing, it's coming back where there, a lot of artists are actually using grime style and they're actually, you know, uh, featuring, artists from london so it's mm. the popularity now it's it's coming up it's actually been coming up so uh be in the lookout it's it's, it's gonna be popping right now yeah it's truly a, an evolving industry isn't it Get, getting yeah. to like your sort of equipment setup um which you know some people who know anything about will, will be fascinated to know what, what what does your current setup look like and how much has it evolved over time so my thing with my systems is that I like to keep I like to keep uh, my DJ equipment relevant for a lot of years. I'm not the type of person who likes to upgrade every single year or oh this speaker is this is the new thing I gotta get on it. It doesn't you know if it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense. So mm. I like to keep it, uh, all the equipment where I know I can use it and it's going to be relevant for many years. So for example, I had. Uh, Everything, of course, is powered, but I had QSC-powered speakers, and those are industry. I mean, those things are just amazing. And I had those speakers like for at least five to six years on the QSCs. And before that, I was still renting QSC speakers as well um, when I first moved over here to uh, to Florida. So I was using QSC speakers for about five to six years. And then from there, I started seeing how more portable um, the systems are getting. So that way, as a DJ, we're not, you know, breaking our backs because these speakers could get, they get heavy and their subwoofers don't even, I think you you uh, you saw the monster one time when you came to a Florida party over here <laughs> and that subwoofer is just insanely ridiculous. big. And yeah. I'm like, it's ridiculous. So for the type of events that we're doing, I'm like, it doesn't make sense for me carrying all this big equipment and the music is extremely loud where people are like, oh, my God, like, scringing. So I bought more portable speakers. So I bought these um, EV, EV Evolve 50s. And mm-hmm. what there is, is it's like a, it's an array of speakers. So it's got, like, a little pole. And on that pole, it's got, like, eight different small speakers inside that little grill. And then it connects to a, a powered subwoofer on the bottom. So it's very portable. The, my setup literally takes about five minutes to set up everything. That's incredible. So, yeah, no, no, no. It's amazing. So that's one thing that we have to see is like, you know, then the other thing I did test was the uh, the, the the sound the sound quality because I actually get scared with these portable systems and I'm like, yeah, they, they can have all the beautiful functions, but will it work for me or are these speakers going to be popping off, you know, when I try to hit the volume at a, at a good level, you know, will it last? And 
I went ahead and I went to a store over here for DJ equipment called Guitar Center and I would test out speakers for days. And I'll be like, okay, let's crank up the speaker on this one. Let's put this t- this this tune right here because this tune has or this song has this amount of bass. Mm. And they would crank it. And I'm like, okay, let's see how long it lasts. And then I'll do a comparison with the other ones. And then I was looking up reviews and everything. So I think after one year that they came out and I started seeing all the reviews and all everything that's been great about them, I went ahead and, and I purchased it. So equipment, yeah, it's very important to continue evolving first because you – you want to become more efficient, you know, as technology advances, why not go, go with it, less cables, um, less cable management that you got to do. It looks, uh, much more, uh, professional. It looks cleaner as well. The guests like literally right now with my speakers, people can literally come right across the speaker and their ears, they're not going to be like saying ouch to their ears. They can literally walk in front of it and they're like, my goodness, I've had so many compliments where they're saying, yo, your sound system is amazing. So um, yeah, that's pretty much where we at. And then wireless speakers, I mean, wireless microphones, you know, mm. we, we got to have it. That's a must. Yeah, no, <laughs> that, definitely that for weddings and stuff. And Yes, sir. And what have, how, how does that work though? You know, like when you said people can walk in front of the speakers and not mm-hmm. get their ears blown out. Like, how, how does that actually work then? So the way that they the the way that they have these speakers incorporated in the in the grill is that they have it in different directions. So they don't have all eight speakers hitting the same like you know uh, hitting okay. the, same, the same way. They have it like in different in different areas. So and it's something of their technology for EV for that particular for that particular setup where you know it doesn't bother your ears and. I literally had like an L that was one of my main concerns is because sometimes in these weddings, they would put the table of the elderly people in front of me. And I'm like, why would you want to do this? So anyways, I tried it on a wedding and the elderly people, they were talking like nothing has happened. And I'm like, that's when I, that's when I knew I was like, okay, <laughs> we got some, we got something here. <laughs> and, and then they, uh, two minutes later, they were up dancing Demba, right? <laughs> and then they were there. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's Sunday yeah, evening. I need I need a good laugh. I'm just picturing that. It's the most absurd. <laughs> it's the most absurd picture I've got in my mind right now. But yeah, I know that happens at, at your gigs because you're that good. So. <laughs> not nah, this guy. No, I mean they, they'll they'll get up and dancing though. They'll get up and dancing. No, for sure. Now you you mentioned that you got married. Now I've I've met your lovely wife Steph, and she's um, a Bariquan. Uh, yeah. Forgive my my accent on that. Now, for for those of you that sort of don't know what a, a Boricua is, uh, or a, a, a Boricua is a, a Puerto Rican woman. So, do you have similar music tastes as your wife? Because you're you're, you're a Dominican guy. Yes. So we have similar tastes, except as well that she puts me on to. There's so much music, and as a DJ, it just it gets overwhelming. Um, you know, with with the industry, social media, their platforms, it's just so much easier for people to pull out music. Mm. Um, you know, and it's easier to create music as well. So there's so much things going on. But my wife has put, and I give her so much kudos, um, because she puts me on to new artists. Um, also, she's she expands her music horizons. You know, I'm because I'm so stuck with you know with the weddings and everything. You know, I'm I'm tailored towards that. But then she expands it. So she'll, you know, she has like a Portuguese playlist. Then she has a French playlist. Um, then she's got, um, we're into Mexican music, for example. And mm. there's some songs and that's that's popping. And then, of course, she has her merengues and her bachatas and then her reggaetons and everything. But then even within there, she was like, yo, this reggaeton, this is, this is going to be a classic. This is going to be a banger. And I'm like, yeah, we'll see. And sure enough, I mean, they... They start becoming hits. So she's got an amazing, an amazing ear. So I've, I've always tell people like, yeah, like, um, I get with my wife, like, you know, she, she understands music. She actually mixes herself. As well. she? I, yeah, no, kidding. Hey, no, I'm not lying. She actually knows how to mix. Like, you know, she grabbed her. And the thing is that she catches on extremely quick. So her thing is that she has an amazing ear. So we've been to other events and everything, you know, if a DJ doesn't do that great, she'd be like, what is going on there? And it's because she already has that. She already has that ear of a DJ. So she got on the controller and she just started going at it. I mean, very simple. I mean, we're talking just, I mean, simple fading, but 
she she grabbed on real quick. So yeah, she she does really good. <laughs> I gotta give her that. <laughs> what what are the major differences, you know, between the music of DR, you know, Dominican Republic and PR Puerto Rico in a nutshell? Okay, I mean, we're pretty much similar. I mean, we listen to the same the same uh, the same songs. Um, you know, in Dominican Republic, who they listen to a lot of reggaeton, you know. I love it when you say uh, it. Could you just say that again, man? It rolls off your tongue beautifully, man. <laughs> the R. <laughs> yeah, because when I <laughs> say it, uh, reggaeton, I, I can't I can't roll the R as as well as you guys can. That's because I was raised in England. It's not my fault. It's it's all good. El reggaeton. El reggaeton. El reggaeton. Oh yeah. man, you can keep on oh, saying right. that for the rest of this podcast, and I'll be a happy guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, in our countries, you know, that's it's that's now an industry right now. El reggaeton is it's worldwide, so that's one of those uh, genres where everywhere is listening to it. But in Puerto Rico, they also have um, a lot of Dominicans as well. They have a lot of Dominicans living in Puerto Rico, so their influences are you know pretty much they're pretty much there. Then when it comes to salsa, which we know that Puerto Ricans. Um, pretty much uh internal international oh my goodness now that word is gonna catch me off <laughs> they made it in they made it international so uh-huh. they made it international um in the dominican republic we also listen to a lot of salsa so we it's a lot it's a we can say that we're doing we're very similar um now one thing i did catch is that over there they like a lot of they like a lot of rock actually in puerto rico so when i went over there they like a lot of rock. Mm. Um, so that was a little, that's a little different because in the Dominican Republic, um, only more, more like of the of rich people listen to the Spanish rock and all that stuff. Um, but other than that, like, you know, if you go to, uh, to a town in the Dominican Republic, you're not going to hear rock. You go to Puerto Rico, you can hear rock anywhere. And um, that's something different. But, you know, I, other than that, we're, we pretty much have similar, similar, uh, music uh taste mm. that's actually quite interesting because now that i think about it i've been to puerto rico once and i was with a, a buddy of mine and yeah we were on the beach one night i think it was like a wednesday evening i don't know why i remember that and we were with a couple of the local chicks and uh i think we were we'd left san, san juan uh, and we'd gone sort of essentially to to one of the coasts and yeah it was just a beautiful evening by the beach yeah, and, and coming to think of it they they were playing some rock so never really yeah. crossed my mind but uh that's 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 interesting stuff. But I mean, with, with your Dominican, because you're fully Dominican, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I was born in Jersey, so but my parents both are from the Dominican Republic. But my brother and I, we were born in Jersey. So with your Dominican roots, I mean, how, how does that affect the music that you play? Because again, you know, the bachata, the dembow, the 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 reggaeton. Uh, um, mm-hmm. You know, do you feel that being Dominican has had a huge influence on the music that you play and the way that you mix? Or would you say that just your own life experience has, you know, had more of an input over time? Um, I would say both. Um, yeah, of course, with the Domin- as with the Dominican roots, we know more of the, of the merengues and the bachatas. We know more of it. However, is the, is more of the influences. So I would say that Growing up, especially in New Jersey, we had in, in the town where we, where I grew up, um, we had a lot of cultures as well. Lots and lots of cultures. And I was always plugged into the radio. Like since a little kid, I already had my father bought my first my first uh turntable at the age of five. Wow. Um, and already yeah, I already had my own music equipment. So I would, you know, not not that I was practicing, but I was uh uh practicing as if I was like a a, a broadcast of the radio. You know, so I'll be like, okay, now coming up, we're going to have such and such artists with this song. And then I would play it. And (laughs) I will. Yeah. So I would record um, the radio stations. So Mm. they the cool thing about it is that in those times, the radio station was literally to play music. No, not too much talk. Of course, you you had, you know, your morning segments where they do a lot of talking, the gossiping. Mm. But other than that, their stuff was so, so focused on music and Sundays, for example, between 12 p.m. and 7 p.m., it was nothing but salsa, nothing but salsa. And that was a big, big influence because I got to learn a lot about the salsa community um, and the artists because they would go through all the decades, not just playing salsa of the of the 90s, but they would go into the, you know, the 70s, the 80s and all that stuff. So there was so much content. Then Saturday mornings. Between nine to twelve in the nine in the morning to twelve p.m., um, it was a merengue, uh, merengue hits. That was the name of the show, mm. and they would just play nothing but merengue. So what I would do is, 
uh, because I had other responsibilities on Saturday mornings, <laughs> I would actually leave the cassette just recording. So right at nine o'clock, I had, I hit that thing on record. And of course it's only going to be recording 90 minutes because it was uh, no 120 minutes. Uh-huh. So it would just record that, but that's it. At least I grabbed the good portion. And then like the weekend, the week after or throughout the week, when they had commercials or whatever, I would blank it out that segment so I can at least record another merengue or another song in that middle right there in that middle gap. And I made my little mixtapes on my own. That was, that was myself. So again, it was a lot of influences. So when it's time to play it into the parties, um, my crates go through all over the place. Like I have music from all type of decades and depending on the crowd, I will know where, where to dig in, you know, if mm. it's an older crowd, I'm gonna I'm gonna get those songs that are gonna they're gonna hit home and they're gonna start remembering a time when they were there when they were dancing that particular song. So that's where I like to target at. That's beautiful. So literally, you you could be DJing a, a wedding or I don't know, like a 40th anniversary, and there's mm-hmm. all these oldies in in the crowd. But literally, with you, they're they're not going to be sitting down. They're they're going to be you know Zimmer frames or whatever. Forget those. They're they're going to be in the in the center of the dance floor. You know, yeah. moving all night. Yep. Yep. Because uh, I'm not catering the music to myself. I'm not putting the music that I like. I'm putting the music that they like. And, you know, of course I discuss with them, you know, what, what music they like and what artists they would like to hear. And depending on what they say, oh, we go from there and we go in. So, you know, we'll put in some new stuff, but I cater to what they like. And because of that, you know, and, and the knowledge that I have acquired and I continue acquiring, this is never ending. Um, and one never acquires um, the knowledge on its own. We always get an influence from somewhere. You can never say, "Oh, yeah, I, you know, I invented this." Or what? No, no, no. no. You grab. You're grabbing the influence from somewhere. You're you went somewhere. A DJ inspired you, or a family member taught you about this certain music. Something is going to influence you. So, I grab. I gravitate towards everything, and I'm open ears. I am literally open ears to to people's suggestions or be like, Hey, you got to listen to this, like the Afro beats that came in a few years ago. And look at now, everything is almost a, a lot of Afro beats, Love Afro beats. Out there, so, mm. you know? So, but it's things that they've been putting on for quite some time, you know, and nobody was really focusing on it until now, you know, it's in another industry, mm. another industry major right now. So yeah, I mean, it's, I'm getting influences through all over the place. I can never say, oh, yeah, because I'm Dominican, I, I know that stuff. No, you can be Dominican and <laughs> just know about merengue and bachata, and that's it. You're not going to know anything else. But because it just depends on your surroundings, um, I would say that that's my, my biggest influences. I, I really admire that about you. It, really, what it comes down to is knowing your client, you know, because just a 10, 20-minute conversation with the person that you're going to be DJing for, whose, whose event it is, it can just make such a, a big difference, you know, and then you can take that into account and, and make them – sort of enjoy their evening and, and obviously their guests enjoy their evening even more. So it's, that's just invaluable, man. Um, yes, sir. You, you went down memory lane as well. You said that you were given sort of a set of turntables at five, which is just incredible. So like, how, how did you actually learn your skills as a DJ? Cause you know, if you're thrown at five, that's one thing, but did you, did you practice alone? Were you, did you have sort of, was it your dad? Was it someone else that could actually sort of show the, show you the ropes or, or you just sort of picked it up as time went on? So I would, Okay, so my uncles they would used to play they used to play music. They they were not mixing. They never had equipment like all oh, to mix. However, they knew exactly what track to play. You know, they knew what track to play. They knew exactly be like, okay, this is going to be the track to get them on the dance floor. This is going to be the track where we're going to end and we're going to fill in this gap with all this amazing music. So, as a kid, I was just learning that just because a song is hot doesn't mean that it's going to be at the right, you're, you got to find the right moment to play that song. So I've always learned that. Um, but then for the DJing skills, my friend, uh, my buddy, Frankie, um, if he's going to listen to this, hopefully he does. Um, when I first moved to Georgia, uh, that's one thing that me and him or him and I, that we gravitated was music. Mm-hmm. It was He's an English, an English, per, uh, an English brother, but he loved Spanish music, loved it, and he was DJing. Um, however, he knew that I came with the knowledge because remember, as a kid, I knew what was the best music, and in Georgia, 
they don't they didn't have radio stations. And then we're talking about 1999. They, they didn't, didn't have, have radio, radio stations, really? It, they, they didn't have radio stations that had that Latino that Latino music. Wow. So they had, for example, AM radio stations, mm -hmm. and then you can barely you know hear anything because of the frequency. And then they did have a radio station, a Spanish radio station, but it was strictly Mexican. So there was no Caribbean, none of that. So the only way that you knew what was kind of hot is like looking at charts, you know, going online and mm. looking home. What's the top 20 songs right what's now? Trending right now. Mm. Yeah, what's trending. And then they'll have, you know, just your, your, you know, your, your pop songs, you know, that's what they're going to have. However, I came from the New Jersey, New York area and I come with this knowledge to Georgia and man, that's a, that was a game changer because I remember the first party that we threw, I was 13 years old. I was 13 That's years amazing, old. man. Yes. And the party, it was my buddy, Frankie, his brother, Jeremy, he was a scratch, a turntablist. Amazing. Mm. And that's another, that's another story, but he's amazing. Right now, I think he's producing and stuff like that. Incredible. Um, Yeah. So we gathered the three and then another person to kind of start spreading the word about this party. And at the age of 13, we brought in like 300 people to a venue and- we were playing tracks that nobody has heard, Spanish tracks that nobody has heard, and everybody was blown out of their mind. They I were bet. like, "What? Is, what is this?" Because every <laughs> they don't know. Like for example, in your merengues, they were still stuck to the suavemente, and that's it. So obviously, suavemente is a very, very popular song, uh -huh. but it's overkill. Like that, you know. There's more than suavemente. You know this, of right? course, so, of course, yeah. yeah um, when they see that I'm bringing all this new merengue and all these new bachatas, they gonna they were blown out of their mind. So with him, he started buying equipment, and then I would go over to his house and I would start learning on the CDJ. It was a CDJ one thousands back in the time, mm -hmm. and I just started learning with him. And he was just telling me the tricks about not the the scratching because in the Latino thing we are doing merengue, bachata, and salsa. You know what scratching are we gonna do? You're gonna that doesn't sound correctly. You can have that talent, but doesn't mean that that talent is going to sound good on that genre. Very you know? interesting point. So, yeah. Yeah. So we, I, I learned about the fading, how important is the fading. And then I acquired that. And then I started practicing on my own. I also bought equipment and it was different because then the equipment that I had was, for example, just regular. It was like buttons, like playing cue and there was no, there was not a turntable. It was just like a normal CD player. And then I had my play and pause buttons and everything. Um, totally different because you don't have a screen. We didn't have a computer. It was literally, we would make two C two CDs of the same. So I make a copy of the same CD. So like if I have, for example, a merengue CD with 15 songs, because that's about how much you can fit in a CD back in the time, I would do a duplicate of that out of that CD. So that way I can have it on both, on both decks. And all he told me was like, man, just use your ears. If you use your ears, man, you can mix anything you want, but you got to use your ears. Forget about later down the road when the computers came out and we started using the, not when the computers came out, but when we started using more of the DJ software in the computers, he was like, man, forget about reading those diagrams and the graphs. Just use your ears, man. Use mm -hmm. your ears and you're going to be able to fly through any, through any genre and he was pretty much my the trampoline that I needed. And then from then on, I mean, I just started doing my own thing. And then I also was teaching other, you know, teaching two other other friends of mine how to DJ and how to mix. And I was like, yo, forget about the computer screen. We're going to go straight to the ear. And I love that. it's been successful. So that was yeah, like, that, was that awesome. memorable night was at 13. So like, when did you actually go pro? When I went really pro, I would say when I was 18, no, 17. I was 17 and they told me to do a wedding. And ever since, it, even though it was going to be like for a friend and families, however, it was a wedding at the end of the day. So ever since then, I I, I went pro from there. I was like, all right, game on. Because from there, I, I just started getting so many gigs after that, mm. from, the, from that wedding. So, and that was a South Carolina wedding that I had to travel. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had to travel with my family and everything, but I was like, Let's get it. And it went well. It was very uh, a good wedding. And then 
from then on, it would just starting getting booking. So it's incredible. Yeah, and that 17. was at 18, man. That's just absolutely amazing. And now you're doing something that you love, but like, what, what would you say, by the way, have to ask you this, what was your most embarrassing moment you've ever had as a DJ? Or have there been right. many? So <laughs> I, I, I think, I think you set me up with that question because literally my brother, um, Friday, what this Friday gone? <laughs> this Friday. Are you being serious? This Friday. Oh, I'm not lying. I Is this one to... of the stories that you said you had for me that I haven't told you? About? I was like, man, I'm coming with the story. Oh my goodness! I, I cannot wait it. to hear this. Oh my god! So with so a couple of things, but the the embarrassing moment was that I had everything set up. I had music already flowing for about an hour. Um, as people are coming in from their cocktail hour, they were coming in into the reception, you know, they were grooving. I was playing all types of oldies and all the, some, some new joints as well, but very up, you know, upbeat music, nothing too fancy, you know, so that way people are, you know, coming energized because if you're coming from cocktail hour, you know, you've got a drink, you don't want to come in with boring music, you know, that just, it brings down your, your whole vibe just goes, it really goes down. But I was playing all these great music. Nothing was wrong. Everything's great. I had to announce I was the MC as well. So I had to announce all the couples and uh, the grooms and the bridesmaid coming out. So I was announcing them. And then I announced the bride and the groom and everyone is yelling and everybody's pumped up. I'm like, okay, now they're going to do their first dance. And I have these lights and it spotlights them as well. So it's beautiful. You know, the attention is on them and I play their first dancing song. Man, in the middle of their song, within about a minute of them dancing, my controller freezes. Oh, my gosh. No way. It freezes. And not only that, because it's a different thing about just freezing. Because hopefully it would have been great if it just froze, but to let the music, you know, continue rolling. No. The way that this thing freezes is that it made this audio squeal so bad. Mm. And I'm like. I knew about that problem about a year ago with another controller that I had. And that's the reason I had to buy a new one. And yeah, that happened. All right. So it went away. How how long did that sort of embarrassing moment last for? Like, did it, was it screeching for like 10 seconds and then it resolved itself? So it, it went on. So the screeching would be for about 15, 20, like for about 15, 20 seconds, right? Or 10, like, no, 10, 15 seconds. And did they stop dancing and like, just look at you? No, they they continue, they continue dancing. Bam. I was like, Hey guys, I'm sorry, but let's continue dancing. Then they started dancing (laughs) again after dancing. It goes on again. And I'm like, Oh no, Oh no, no, no. And the, the venue, Nate, well, I, I don't know if you saw the story, but I did. It looked beautiful. The venue is beautiful. I mean, yeah, yeah. We talking about, top-notch venue in the whole Orlando area where, you know, um, famous people have gotten married there. And I'm over there messing this thing up and messing the, the couple's first dance. Man, I want, I told my wife, I was like, oh, my God, just swallow, swallow me up. Just now, yeah. Swallow me up. So that happened, but it was, a, I had a cool crowd, and then they just started, you know, kind of chanting the Seven Nation uh, Seven Nation Army song like the the chanda. Uh, 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 uh. So they just started chanting that, and that Love made it. it more at ease. But I told them like, look, guys, let's move on to something else. Um, we'll come back to the dances because I I don't want to I don't want to mess that up. They were able to finish. Thank God they were able to finish their song, but the squeals started again. So I I told them like, let's wrap it up. Let's do the the. The dinner portion, do the slideshow. As that's happening, I'm going to be my speakers. That's what I tell you. With technology, you got to have this equipment. So my speakers are also Bluetooth. So I was like, I know it's the controller issue. I can still Bluetooth music to these speakers, and that way, I at least have some background music. I will. St- I'm still able to play their, you know, the father and daughter dance and all that stuff through the Bluetooth speaker. Mm, mm. So that went well, and thank God I. <laughs> reached out to one of my buddies. I texted him like ASAP. And I know he lives in the Orlando area. Shout out to um, Louis, uh, DJ Montro. Um, and he's in the Orlando area. Very great DJ as well. Um, and his wife, they came in, tr- they were troopers. And they came in, he was like, yo, 
I'm leaving the mall. I'm dropping everything. We're gonna, I'm going to bring you a controller. I'm like, yo, bring a computer just in case if it's also my computer. And literally within about a he came in. We set up. It was rolling. We 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 got rocking, <laughs> rocking and rolling. But yeah, I would say that was the that was that was the most embarrassing right there. And that literally um, happened two nights ago. Two nights. What are the ago. chances of that, dude? And I'm like, okay, I can understand if I, you know, if I haven't been playing music. My wife was like, man, but you DJ so much Zoom events and all this stuff, and you're practicing at home all the time, and you're making your own mixes as well. And you were playing music throughout the wedding, you know, as people are coming in for an hour and none of this happened until the first dance. <laughs> so, you know, at the end of the day, you know, shout out also to the um, to the parents of the bride and also the parents of the groom. They they're amazing people. I love them because I've been DJing for them and their families and their kids for like 11 years. Wow. So also, they've had you multiple I, times. Yeah. So they've. Oh, yeah. For 11 years, we've been DJing all their events and uh, they were like hey guys they just made an announcement hey we want a huge shout out to the dj you know technology you know we can't you know sometimes drops on us but he has done still a fantastic job so he kind of gave me that uplifting uh speech as well so that kind of that's me beautiful the, man yeah the motivation so shout out to them as well if they listen if they listen to this podcast and uh yeah they they made my night even better so that was awesome yeah, and it's nice that they they said that. So nice because uh, it just shows that they, you know, they appreciate what what you've been doing for them for so long. And like you said, technology sometimes is is unpredictable. It, it just happens. Mm-hmm. You know, we could be recording this podcast and something could go totally wrong. And you know, these things can happen. What what was it in that situation? Was it your controller then? Did you actually find out what it was? So, I think it was. I was trying to. I had reset the computer. I I don't know if it was an upgrade on the on the Serato, um software. Um, I don't know what it was. I changed the power outlet. I was like, I'm going to just connect this strictly on its own to its own power outlet. And as I was testing it, um, nothing was going wrong as I was testing it. I didn't have the volumes up, but I was just looking at the controllers like for 30 minutes and everything was flowing. It was flowing nicely, but I was like, you know what? I'm not taking no more chances. I'm like, he's already here. I'm going to use this controller. I'll do all the testing at home. See what, you know, what needs to happen or you know what? It's time for another upgrade. <laughs> for, the, for, for DJs, uh, those are happy times. Yeah. For the wives, they're going to be like, oh, my God, another <laughs> piece of equipment. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. What was your, like, in all your years that you've been doing it, what's your longest performance you've ever done? Man, longest? I would say seven, eight. You know, yeah, it was about seven hours of nonstop music. Seven to That's eight insane, hours of nonstop man. music. It was insane. I didn't know what else to play because the I had a contract till 12 p.m. And so it was from 8 to 12. It was a corporate event from 8 to 12. Okay, easy. Those are easy stuff. And, bro, they were nonstop dancing. And I was like, okay, this is a little bit interesting. Once 12 hits, I'm like, okay, last song, people came up to me. Uh, like the owner of the uh, the owner of the of the company came up. He's like, "Yo, how much is for the extra hour?" I was like, "Oof, nice overtime. It's gonna be X amount of dollars." He's like, "Okay, let's get you." Okay, perfect. I was like, "At one extra hour." It pushed to one o'clock in the morning. Once one o'clock in the morning hit, he came up again. He's like, "Again for the same extra?" I'm like, "Yeah, just come at it again." He's like, "All right, push it an extra hour." I ended up at we. It was a buddy of mine. We ended up at three o'clock in the morning pushing that event. That's incredible. It was, it was insane. I was like, man, we're gonna start playing. We're gonna start playing repeats, man. Let's just go <laughs> at it again. It'll be okay. Let's go for the repeat. Them good repeats. <laughs> but you, I mean, that just that's testament to to how good you must have been because, like, at two, three in the morning, if people are still, you know, up on the dance floor going nuts, that you know, you, you yeah, they, you're putting they, out some good were, stuff. Yeah, they were still dancing. I mean. At the end of the day, I'm like, sometimes it's not nothing wrong of repeating a song. No. Um, especially if it's a very good song, especially if it's a song that they really like. Yeah, and I'm if like, a few hours have passed. That, yeah, there, there's always that time where you can play it again, and they're like singing it like they haven't heard it in a while again. So it's it's perfectly fine. But yeah, it's learning that balance. And sometimes as well, they don't. a lot of people don't like you know, mixing the track and stuff. They like to kind of let it roll out. So I'll let it roll out. And right before it finishes, then I'll mix it in with another song. But instead of cutting it, you know, every minute or two, you know, I kind of let that song roll out depending on the circumstance, of course. But yeah, that's how we, that's how we did it for that night. Awesome. 
Now, I had a, a guest a few episodes ago who uh, you probably listened to her, also DJs, and we spoke about how she managed to continue sort of DJing during the pandemic. And you, you just mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, like Zoom. So have you also done a lot of events over Zoom and other video conferencing? Yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, it's actually, it's, believe it or not, it's going to be a standard. Um, That's what, really? Gonna, You're going to continue doing it? Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a standard. Um, uh, first of all, shout out to Zelda. Amazing, uh, amazing podcast. Um, the way she also expressed herself. Amazing. Shout out to the female DJs. Um, female DJs are cranking it up. Yep. They, liter- they literally are. Absolutely. Dude. I mean, they, they come up with some stuff that I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> a woman's touch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, there is, um, there's some people that you need to, you definitely need to interview, man, because uh, there's some female turntablists that I'm in awe. Like, I've known them for years. Really? And okay. Th- yeah. And throughout this pandemic, we brought them to, like, one of those DJ events that we did through Zoom. And when that, when one of the female DJs gra- got on, everyone was lit. Like, everyone was, they, it blew up her phone. Her phone blew up. Because it, it was just amazing. The things that she was doing on the turntables and the songs that she was, the song selection and then samples that she's used. I'm like, I just said, I just stood back. I'm like, hey, tonight is your night. I think you're going to be performing the longest between all of us. I'd be like, I can care less. I think it's, it's time for you, the world to see you females because you guys are ripping it apart. So um, shout out to the female DJs. And um, yeah, throughout this pandemic, um, going back to the question. The pandemic has opened up and it was a great resource, a resource for the DJs. Um, first to kind of bring happiness to the people. The the people were bored. They didn't know what else to do. You know, mm-hmm. they they were strictly in their houses or maybe backyards, and that's about it. They wouldn't be going out. And Zoom has opened it up. Before the pandemic had hit, I was already doing so I for example, live streaming. I've been doing live streams since like two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. We're doing live stream already. We were using those times. We we're using Ustream, mm-hmm. and yeah, people were on it every week. We were there Thursday nights. I still have recordings of it because you can record. You can have your recording, and I still have the recordings. I still watch it. I'm mean, like, man, how much did we have to improve? But it was still <laughs> fun, you know. It was still fun. Yeah. But before the pandemic had hit, I had bought a little i device, and you and I we had discussed discussed it, which is an iRig. And what the iRig does is that it's a small adapter that you connect to your mixer and connect to your phone and um, or to your computer. And what it does is that it grabs the audio from there. So, for example, once the pandemic hit, I use that little iRig for Instagram. So in Instagram, you know, if a DJ is playing music and just hits the record button on their phone, the, the, the phone is only going to record... What the, what the audio that's coming out of the actual speakers, you know? So that's the reason when you hear sometimes like DJs or other people playing music on, on Instagram or some of these other um, uh, platforms, it still sounds like the, the, the quality is not great because it's just literally picking up whatever's coming out of the speaker. However, with the iRig, it actually picked up the, the sound that's coming out of the mixer. Mm. So that picked up and that sent it out to the moon because once we got on Instagram and I was doing live events like, you know, Saturdays and got on Instagram, people were logging in and we we were going at it for a few hours on, on Saturdays. And we had a lot of fun. And then, of course, Zoom came in and a lot of research, man. We had to do a lot of research because I didn't want to just get on Zoom and just plug in without reading how to do it because there is nothing worse than trying to DJ something and then the audio just... As much as you're a great DJ, if the audio is no bueno, oh, man, I, I don't know what to tell you. If people are going to tune out, they're going to log out, and they're going to go back into Netflix. You know, mm-hmm. it's, just the, it's just the way that it works. So with Zoom, we were doing research. We were doing tests. We were talking to the other DJs. Um, all right, let's do this. Let's do that. Connect here. Connect there. And we were just testing each other's sound and everything. As, and we made sure that all of us, we were just getting crispy sounds. Even though we're going to be doing our separate events, but we just wanted to make sure that we grabbed all the great feedback, you know? So throughout this pandemic, 
Zoom has helped out and um, it's going to continue because obviously it's going to be a transition period. People are not just going to go up and start doing weddings, you know, of 250 people. No, you know? that's they're not going to happen for a while. They're going to, yeah, they're going to do it slowly. So in the meantime, they can still use Zoom for those weddings where people can still see um, the actual ceremony. They can still see the ceremony and uh, enjoy that. And if they also wanted to see the party scene as well, they can still see the party scene and they're still going to get good quality sound because obviously we're going to be using the mixer sound to go through to, to go through Zoom. So it's been great. Uh, Zoom has helped out and it also has helped out a lot of the people as well to kind of relieve uh, some some of their stress from, you know, from the daily life. Absolutely. So you said it's going to be a standard. Do you think, you know, it could be like a hybrid I, event as well? Like where, like, like you said, 50 yeah, people are wedding, you know, and 300 watching on yeah. Zoom and so on. Yeah, like for example, and this is a pretty cool idea. And I'm like, you know what? I think they should start doing this a lot in a lot of weddings because a lot of weddings, what they do is that they just, for example, they'll just broadcast the, the, the ceremony. And then once the ceremony, ceremony is done, then, you know, everyone logs off and that's pretty much it. And then whoever's at the reception, they enjoy it. Well, the other week, Somebody came up with a cool idea and the people that were actually present in the Zoom, I actually did like a cocktail hour. So that's very that cool. Did, yeah. And I was like, you know what? That is awesome. So they are everyone is dressed up. They did the ceremony. Once the ceremony ended, you know that the couples and everyone, they're going to go take their pictures. So while they're taking pictures, I got on the spotlight was on me and then I was able to DJ for an hour. They were sweating. They were enjoying themselves. And guess what? From there, they got back into the reception and at least see the first, the couple's first dance. And that way, in a sense, they got to enjoy a full-blown wedding because a wedding is consisted of a ceremony, maybe the cocktail hour, seeing the first dance, and then the normal dancing, the party time. So... The people at that wedding, they got to see the ceremony. They got to enjoy their uh, dancing because I played party music for an hour. And then they were able to enjoy the first dance of the couple. And that was a full-blown wedding. So I don't see why not use Zoom. I mean, Zoom, for people that cannot come from their, from out of countries and everything, they're not going to be able to come in. They're going to be able to use Zoom. Why not? I mean, I, it's technology. I, it's free. Yeah, I, no, I totally agree. And even when sort of the pandemic's totally behind us, like you said, when people slowly get back into it, even when it's, you know, years from now, why not? Like you said, if if, if someone can't get there for some reason, uh, you know, and they can just simply sit there in their living room and log in. I mean, obviously, that if they can, they'd obviously choose to be there. But if for whatever reason they can't, at least watch it. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a no-lose situation. No, exactly. And also... Uh, uh, it saves you money as well, man. <laughs> it <laughs> it's very you, true. It saves you money as a as a bride and groom. Yeah, yeah, because you don't have to you don't have to invest now in a venue that is going to hold three hundred and fifty people. Maybe now you can have your close family and friends, but then have Zoom for everyone to still enjoy the wedding. Yeah, man, and, and and then you could do like a, a delivery or like Uber Eats for the people and and just deliver deliver food to the living rooms. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? You see, you're 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 now you're getting it. So why not use these platforms? Yeah, I, I totally totally agree with that, man. No, absolutely. Now you're like obviously getting back to the more traditional DJing, which is what this is all about. Like you live in Florida, Tampa, but like where do you actually? I mean, pre-COVID, obviously, and and obviously once it's over, where where do you travel to for your events? Uh, you know, what's your geographical limit? Mm, there isn't. There, there's no <laughs> so, geographical limit, so you will literally go nah. global anywhere. I could go global. Of course, I'm not, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, I've been to Dubai and DJed over there or anything like that. However, I mean, if they say, hey, buddy, would you want to come out over here? And I'm like, yeah, why not? Why not? First yeah. of all, it's, you know, first of all, it would be an amazing experience. It would also be an adventure. And then as well, um, it's a gig, you know? Um, so, but yeah, so, so far, like, for example, in the U.S., I've gone all the way to, uh, like, to New York, the Jersey area, Maryland a lot. Um, the Carolinas. Um, then we also been to Mexico. DJed in Mexico. Wow. Um, Which part of Mexico yeah, was that? We, we DJed near. Um, oh my goodness! So there was there's this. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I, it, it'll come. It'll come to me. Um, I know that we toured uh, after in that part of Mexico. It'll it'll come to me. I totally forgot. That was back in 2000 and what 2010. Oh wow! It's a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Then I also DJed in Puerto Rico as well. Oh, and wow. Bones, that was that was awesome. And um, yeah, so we gonna we're gonna continue, man. We're 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 going to continue traveling. So, I mean, if of course if it permits to travel, so, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I tra- We we travel. We travel everywhere. And obviously, like when you travel to these events and you're on tour, so to speak, you you always take your wife uh, Stephanie with you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And how? I mean, how does she like it? Does she cope with it well? Enjoy it? Is it energizing for both of you, or does it leave you tired? You know, you know. Obviously, it's the hotel life as well. You got to stay here and stay there. Always on the road. Yeah. So yeah, we have to. Yeah, you know they. You know when I go, at, people already know. I'm like, yeah, you got to book the flight for me and my wife. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be that's a requirement. But and also get the the, the you know the the hotel stay. But um, yeah, she enjoys it. Um, I try not to make it too tiring. She's uh, at the end of the day, she's a DJ's wife, and I want to make sure that in these when we travel, that she also gets some rest. So, you know, for example, this wedding that we did on Friday was in the Orlando area. It's mm. about almost two hours away. Um, she helped me set up, but then she went and take a break and I was like, hey, go for it. You know, uh, much, much needed, much needed. So, but yeah, I mean, we, we enjoy it and it's always new experiences. It's always new experiences. And this year we have a few other events that we got to travel out. So, yeah, um, we enjoy it and kind of get out of the routine as well. No, that's awesome. I saw actually on one of your stories, I think from, from this weekend, you, you were like checking out like a boat ride or something after. So you get to like see, you know, maybe go to a certain city, fly in, fly out and actually sightsee the city as well sometimes. Oh yeah, for sure. We like to do the sightseeing. Um, if we have some, you know, if we do have some time off, then we can use it, especially if it's a place that we haven't been to, then yeah, we like to take that opportunity and that way we can see, you know, see the city and everything. It's somewhere that we already been to a lot very often then we'll just go in for example if the wedding is on a saturday i'll fly in friday and sunday we head back or monday we head back and just make it a quick a quick little weekend um but yeah um it's pretty it's pretty awesome i can't i can't complain another thing that i had to ask you if you don't mind because i noticed on your story this this uh, this weekend something a little bit crazy happened right because there was a picture of you <laughs> underneath what looked like a road sign with your name on it, like Ulysses Ramirez. So, like, what the heck was that about, man? Dude, that is – so I, we were driving uh, from Orlando back to Tampa because we were going to, you know, uh, get on my brother-in-law's uh, boat and, you know, just take take it out for the day. And as I'm driving, I'm just, just chilling, and I notice a sign that says Ulysses Ramirez, and I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> stop it i i pulled over and i was she was like what are you doing i'm like babe i saw i just saw an, <laughs> i just saw my name it was there <laughs> my highway she was like ah oh. i'm like no i'm not lying so we pulled the u-turn we walked and literally i mean it's got somebody is so the funny thing is it's like the first name is eric but then it says eric ulysses ramirez and i'm like what are the odds of having literally my full name on this highway. So we just cropped it out. I mean, I'm not going to get in no legal troubles or anything <laughs> like that, but um, we just cropped it out where it's like, you know, my name on it and people were just blowing on my phone. They were like, you are ridiculous. But it was a funny moment. And again, it's part of those trips. So I'm like, yo, we have to enjoy it. We have to enjoy it. No, it's it's cool because like, it's, it's not just a job. It actually becomes part of 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 who you are and it becomes a lifestyle you know and you can get to see maybe over the years you can get to see many many different cities with stephanie and that's that in itself for is a, be- a beautiful thing isn't it yeah no no no, for sure we also enjoy like for example texas i had to dj a wedding in texas uh pre-pandemic in 2019 and man we enjoyed it uh first of all it was a very fun wedding it was a combination of dominican with mexicans oh, and man. we had a, we had a blast with that wedding i bet the food was and, banging at that wedding as well right oh the food the food was really good food was really good and everyone it, it was a great combination because both families are just it was my cousin's <laughs> wedding and then the um the bride as well her family was awesome so we had a very very cool time um but yeah, so we went sightseeing. We went to a great barbecue spot that one of my cousins had recommended. So we all went to that barbecue spot. Um, then we went to, what else did we do? Oh, we went to like the San Antonio area as well and checked that stuff out. So it was, it was awesome. And we kind of enjoyed seeing a different culture. And literally when they said everything is bigger in Texas, it literally means that they take that 
literal. Like everything is big in Texas. The food, everything, the vibes are amazing. And um, people just want to have fun. And we enjoyed it. We literally enjoyed it. They like country music. So we went into one of those saloons as well. Oh, yeah. And that was all. Aw- yeah, no, no, no. It was awesome. I like to experience everything. I don't want to go in to Texas looking for a Dominican spot. That doesn't make too much sense. You know, I'm like, no, no, I'm in Texas. Let's explore what Texas is really about. So we got to enjoy that. So, yeah. So again, like in these DJ events, one finds these little um, adventures. And that's just, that's just another thing that, you know, you get off your list. It's pretty awesome. It's it's interesting because like in a number of years, you you know, if someone said to you, hey, like, man, h- how many countries or how many cities have you actually been to? It, it could end up racking up to to a ton which is just yeah. an amazing, amazing thing. <laughs> yeah, it racks up. <laughs> it could definitely rack up. <laughs> so like literally, like after this pandemic, someone could be like, hey, dude, like, can you come and DJ at my wedding or, you know, my parents' 50th or 30th or whatever? And like, potentially you could, you know, you would consider that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no there's no doubt about it. Yeah, and the you know, if everything, of course, you know, the budget and everything works out, yeah, we're, we're going at it. Um. But yeah, I would, I love to, I love to travel. We, we definitely love to travel and, ex, and, and experience these new places. And at the same time, have uh, people have some fun as well. So make, make some people have some fun. That's a beautiful thing. So again, for anyone listening, um, you know, and, and considering uh, to, to use a DJ like uh, DJ Moreno, nine eleven, that's, uh, that's something that you could consider. So before we get to that, though, like, could I just ask you how many events, and by events, I mean any type of event. It could be a, a chilled thing, a, a more professional thing. How, how many events do you do per month on average? Okay, so per, yeah, so before, so I, I did a, what they call a retirement DJ party. <laughs> a, a what? <laughs> <laughs> so I just told, I, I pretty much had like, a retirement DJ party because I got to a point where I was DJing every single weekend and I didn't have too much time to spend with the spouse. And it came to a point where, you know, a friend of our, or yeah, a friend of ours, they had given us uh, tickets to like the Phantom of the Opera oh, wow. and for an anniversary gift. And I had to DJ an anniversary party and I could not go to that event. And at that moment, that's when it hit me and I'm like, nah, I can't be doing this no more because I'm missing out on these amazing times with my wife and friends, but I'm over here DJing and I love DJing, but you know, that she's more important to me. So, um, I did a retirement DJ and yeah, that only lasted about less than a year after that. <laughs> people would <laughs> continue to call and I would, and at that, you know, in that one year break, I was just giving out all the parties, all the other DJs. I was like, all right, you're in this time, uh, this part of town. I recommend this person. You're in this part of town. I recommend you this person and everything. So I was just dishing them out. But it just gave, came to the point they were like, no, we still need you. So I was like, okay. So the way that I do it, I just keep it about one a month. Or in the end of the day, at the end of the day, I just limit myself to 12, 12 to 15 a year. That's okay. where I limit at. Yeah. yeah, 12 to 15 a year. That way I still get... I still get my thing moving. The business and everything is still moving. But at the same time, I have a, a good amount of weekends to spend with my family, with my wife and with some and with the friends as well. Yeah, no, it's very important to keep it balanced, because like you said, if you're going out of town as well, even two, three hours away or a short flight and you're doing, let's say, 15 events, that that could be potentially like 25, 30 days, you know, on the road, so to speak, annually, which is quite a lot. Yep, easy. And then, you know, on top of sort of the day job and everything, it's, it's it, you know, it adds up without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yep. So like weddings, obviously you do weddings, you do corporate events and you do random parties. So what, what do you enjoy best out of all of those? What do I enjoy best? I would say that I enjoy seeing the people's reactions. That's, that's my thing right there. Mm. If, if, if the music, if that track that I'm about to play doesn't, either blow your mind or hit home like you're like when you know when you scrin your face and you're like man that is my joint um <laughs> if i don't if i don't see that reaction yeah i'm not doing my job uh-huh so i have to see that reaction and when i see that reaction throughout the night i'm like all right cool and when we end it on a high note like i have to end it on an extreme high note where i know i'm not going to be able to play another track after that 
um, because, you know, the venue says, hey, no more after that. But I'm going to leave you such on a high note that you're going to want some more for another time. So that's where I like to that's where I like to leave, uh, leave the people. No, that's good. So in, in other words, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a wedding or a random party. At the end of the day, it's, it's how you make the people feel right. Like if you, if you hit it into their heart, that's you know, and you make them move, then it makes you happy and you enjoy it. Yes, sir. So DJ Moreno, like where can people, because there's going to be a lot of people from literally all over the world. I mean, I think last time I checked where, you know, the podcast has hit, I think it's, it's 34, 35 countries now. So, you know, you're saying that you're, you're prepared to potentially go anywhere. So if anyone is listening to this and they're thinking, you know, damn, this, this guy sounds lit, you know, I want to listen to his stuff. I'm interested in, in hiring him for an event. Like where, where can they find you? Yeah, they can find me in uh, Instagram, DJ Moreno, and that is spelled M-O-R-E-N-O, then 911. You can find me there through Instagram, and you can also find me there through uh, Facebook. And if you want any type of inquiries, it'll be DJ Moreno 911 at gmail.com. You guys can view there. Um, you guys going to be able to see um, some live uh just live video mixing on Instagram. I have like an Instagram live feed. I have a, a few videos. I'm I'm going to come up with some more. It's just been really busy, but it's time to get it cranking where people can enjoy, you know, nine to 11 minutes of live mixing on, on, on Instagram and they can, you know, just enjoy it and uh, also see the videos, see people's reactions. And from there you guys can book it. So, but yeah, uh, it would be awesome to see, uh, to see who's going to be reaching out and where we're going to be, where's going to be the next. <laughs> exactly. Where's next on the list, man. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> With DJ Moreno, nine one one. It's it's honestly, man, it's been lovely to have you on. And I, I really appreciate you coming on. Like it's a Sunday tonight. Obviously you've just come back from this event that you spoke about. So you must be shattered, but you know, I have no idea how you've done this, this interview tonight. So thanks so much for, you know, for joining me, for treating the audience to an inside look, you know, into the life of a world, literally a worldwide traveling DJ and, uh, we've learned a lot. I've learned a huge amount. I thought I, I knew a lot already uh, about what you did, but you've really opened my eyes to just what is involved with you and also your wife, Stephanie. It's, it's been fascinating, man. Thanks. No, thank you as well for having me on. Um, it's in a, it's actually a pleasure to be on this podcast, um, especially being heard in over uh, 34, 35 countries and also your interest of the DJ life and also the regular, <laughs> the regular life of, of a DJ. And, uh, I really appreciate that you take out the time to show support. And also she see how much preparation and how much time it dedicates. It's not only hitting play and pause on buttons, but actually seeing how, you know, how intricate the, the preparation takes for, for an event to come out live. And, uh, again, it's a pleasure to be here and also shout out to all the other DJs as well on these podcasts. You guys are rocking as well. Well, my guest today was DJ Moreno911, a professional DJ with over a decade of experience and a heap of personality, I'm sure you would agree. Awesome guy. He's left us with a fascinating insight into the life of a traveling DJ, how it really is on a day-to-day basis. And if there's any of you uh, aspiring DJs out there, maybe this chat can, uh, can help you get some ideas on how to start up yourself. DJ Moreno there started at the age of five when he got his turntable from his dad, so beautiful story if you're interested in hiring dj moreno for any event worldwide literally wherever you are don't forget to check the show night the the show notes where i'll leave his details in the description so don't forget to check that out if you've enjoyed today's episode please do share it with a family member or friend who you think would get something out of it and if you haven't already please do consider leaving a review on apple podcasts and give us a follow on spotify as it really helps the show reach even more people in more countries my name is nate ralph And you've been listening to another episode of The Inquisitive Tourist.